Good afternoon, Bruin Black family. Oh, we posted up at a new spot. Yo, yeah, yeah. We won't disclose our location and nothing, though. <laughs> you know, you know how it is. We got to switch it up every now and on again. Me, on me, just because the feds watching. <laughs> that's it. That's but it. Look, it's Bruin Black. I'm T. Shaw. I'm Scholar P. And we want to welcome you to our, our home, our, our happy space right here. Um, Bruin Black is a, you know, a platform and a show that talks about black culture on a national level, on a local level here, here in the City of Angels, otherwise known as Los Angeles, uh-huh. and right here at UCLA. Yes, go T- Black Bruins. Yes. Tisha, how you feeling, man? Bro, I'm feeling good, man. I don't know. I feel revitalized in this new location. The light hitting right and Yo, everything. That's it, um, man. It's been a good week. Been posted up, chilling, feeling good. I don't know, man. God, yeah, yeah. Life's just been good. Life been good. Hey, hey, well, like look. Like Drake and Future said. Yeah, look, look. More more life. Life is amazing. It is what it should be, right? On me. I feel like I've just been more Focus. I feel like I've been more balanced. Like I've been doing my Duolingo. Like okay. been taking care of my hair, been exercising. Okay. What you learning? My... What you learning? Uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of on the first level, right? So you know, I'm learning how to say good night and like how how are you doing, woman, uh, mujer? Or, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> oh, so you learning Spanish? Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Muy bien, muy bien. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, uh, I used to say cierto, which is true. You know, yeah, in, in yeah, Spanish. Yeah, so I know that. That's it. That's it. So. Um, it, it's been a really, really uh, good week, and I'm looking forward to hopefully continuing in this vibe. You Absolutely. Know? I feel that, bro. I feel that. Um, so before we get into the show, we want to do our land acknowledgments, as always. So we are right around UCLA. Um, it is the land of the Gabrielino and the Tongva. Um, this is stolen land. This is colonized land. We yes. will always pay those respects. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And for those of you who are uh, joining us, um, also be sure to follow us at Brewing Black Podcast um, on Instagram. Um, and, you know, with that said, we're going to jump into something that we like to call our light roast. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, the light roast is basically when um, we, we first give you something that it is inspirational, but then we sort of have to call someone or something out in the culture um, that's a little wacky, a little tacky. Um, but then we also show love, you know, because we, mm-hmm. we give constructive criticism Absolutely. around here. We always know? leave with the uplift. Yes, yes. And so um, in terms of our uplift today, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, Ru- uh, Ruth uh, Baker Ginsburg. Um, has passed away. Um, mm-hmm. She has passed away. So first of all, rest in peace to her. Yeah, rest in peace and rest in power. Yes, yes. And um, one of, and we're going to start off with one of her quotes, um, which is, "Real change, um, enduring change, happens one step at a time." Mm, that's a bar, right? So I'm going to say that one more time for those who didn't hear it in the back, right? So mm-hmm. real change, enduring change, happens one step at a time, Ooh. right? Yes. Um, and so, Tisha, what does that mean to you? To me, that means that the revolution is a process. Right. Um, I think that, like, we want it to happen in, like, uh, one fell swoop. But I think that what we know is that, like, when you're building something real and you're building something that's stable and that's going to be a dynasty and that's going to live forever Forever. or live for a long time, it it takes time to build that. You got to go brick by brick, brick by brick. And I think that, like, that's just kind of what she's pointing out is that, when you really want to change something, it's not going to be instant gratification. Right. Like, if you want to change something in yourself, it's going to take work. If you want to lose some weight, it's going to take work. Right. If you want to be a media mogul, it's going to take work. work. It's going to take those hours. Um, and I think that that's what that reminds me of. So when I'm thinking of, like, changing systems, because I think that Ruth Bader Ginsburg did a lot to change, like, 
the U.S. political system, at least in the Supreme Court. She was always one of the top dissenters. And I think that there is critique of her because people want her, people have kind of like exalted her as this hero. And people are like, well, she's still a liberal, that, this, that, and the third. But it's just like, if we can understand where like the the uh, Supreme Court has been, like the Supreme Court is the one that said that niggas will never be people. They will mm-hmm. never be recognized as people. Right. Um, it's the ones that upheld uh, segregation. It's the ones that has done a lot of different things that like have not been for black people, for people of color, or anything like that. So it's just like knowing like her history, she's, she's um, been a counter narrative. She's at least someone who we can see that like represents at least some of our voices right. or some of us some of the time. And I'm not saying she's the end all be all, but I think that like she changed a lot of how the system worked and being she always was one of the top dissenters when they didn't have the majority to sure. um to, to make a change. No, well for for sure. And I, I think that and, and and I'm gonna, you know, ask you to sort of speak speak more on this, but you know, she was a Supreme Court justice and now that she you know, has passed on, you know, because these Supreme Court justices are given these lifetime appointments. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are very worried. Um, a lot of people are very worried that, you know, it's about to be a, a Republican majority um, in the Supreme Court and that it, it could mean that a lot of laws are going to be rolled back um, and, you know, things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how, how do we as a country and as a people who don't want, you know, time to go backwards because that's never been great for black people. <laughs> Anytime you go backwards for black people Preach. in time, like these time travel movies and shows, it's just like mm-hmm. none of it's going to be good for us. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So yeah. um, when we're thinking about these Supreme Court justices and them not wanting to roll back legislation, yeah. you know, how do we, you know, keep our hopes up because a lot of people are scared that Donald Trump is going to appoint someone who doesn't have our best interests in mind and that that person's going to be there for life. Yeah. That's a real question, bro. That's a real question. I think that like you really pointed it out that like there's a problem with um, lifetime appointments. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that like when it's, when your team is winning, like you want a lifetime appointment. Right. But it's just like that won't be all the time and what we've seen is like we, we in, uh, we've been red for what, four years and there might be another eight. Like, cause Joe Biden is not that strong of a candidate. Mm. So it's like, if he loses, <laughs> we've lost the Supreme Court for years. Cause it, it it's really to death do us apart. Like that they're really married to the court. Like we talking about marriage ever. Like that's what marriage looks like. Is that's really some to death to death do us apart. And it's like it's. I was actually sad. It's like to see Ruth Bader Ginsburg trying to hold out until the election to die. Like bro. Like imagine just trying to hold on. Like. Bro, like, it's not, for me, I'm just like, look, it's not that serious because it's, like, it's sad. Like, I, I heard that, like, some of her last words, I don't think it was the day of. It's somebody reported that it was the day of, but, like, I think in, a, like, maybe a week or so before she died, she just said that, like, um, she just hopes that, like, people can block Trump from making an appointment right. um, before the election. And I think that, like, with lifetime appointments, it's so much changes in a lifetime. So much changes in a decade. I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg, as well as most of the Supreme Court justices on there now, they're way too old to really be making decisions that affect everyday people, every, like like in the country. Like they they don't represent enough people. They're not black. They're not brown. There's some women. I mean, oh, okay, so there's Sonia Sotomayor. So I'm um, she's she's a brown woman, uh, Latina. Um, but it's just like if you if we doing like I don't know to 
lifetime appointments. Like at 60, 70, there are so many people that you can't connect with anymore. But you're making decisions that impact their like life. Right. I think that that is crazy. You're too out of touch. Like not only are you a, a like a political head and that puts you out of touch, but you're also out of touch with like just like generations of people. Um, and I think that that's why lifetime appointments are so tough because it's like some like a president if they just happen to be president for eight years and like they were lucky enough for like three of their opposing um, Supreme Court's Supreme Court justices to die, then they can appoint three people and they pack the court. And I think that like that is the problem with the political system because then you can have like presidents for another like twenty thirty years and not be able to really make real change because there are cancers on the the Supreme Court just like yeah so and, and you know I think I think to your point right because it's it is such a big deal and like you know you and I have had conversations about like the importance of voting but not not just like na on the national level on a, on a local level right because mm -hmm. there's so many there's so many things that are outside of our control, right? So it's like we're now we're in a position where we're extremely afraid that you know, um, you know, Trump is going to or 45 is going to going to appoint a Supreme Court justice that doesn't have our best interest in mind. But you know, the lifetime appointments are really problematic to begin with, right? Absolutely. And and, and even having a system where you know one party can like outnumber another, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's also problematic as well, right? Absolutely. Um, and so I, I think that we have to. I, I think that you know if you know, Biden and, and Kamala Harris actually win this, I think that it is time to sort of reconsider changing stuff up, right? Yeah, this, like the Electoral College too. That Yeah, exactly, right? Because I've, you know, um, I've seen some things where, you know, the Electoral College was sort of based in racism in and of itself. Mm -hmm. um, I, and, and I think this is the time, especially in a year where we're defunding police stations and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, we're doing more radical things and imagining things more um, in a more radical sense. Mm -hmm. Let's let's think about shifting the way our entire country's system works, right? Absolutely. Um, and and so we want to uh, continue to push that narrative because some of these things aren't right. And I and I love what you were saying about um, a lot of these people just being out of touch, right? Yeah. Whether it's because of their culture, their their age, their experiences, their lack of like sort of being in the communities mm -hmm. um, where they're making decisions at, right? So, um, you know, just y'all y'all we got to keep hope alive, and we have to sort of pay attention to these things that are going on so that we can challenge them because you know I know when when I found out about the news at first I was like oh man that's crazy but then like when I really really thought about it yeah. did more research and it was just like oh we are in trouble yeah. you know what I'm saying like Absolutely. this is not good at all right yeah. um, and so it, I, I think that we have to think critically about changing some of these these systems right and not and not even just at like a a uh, judicial level but mm -hmm. um we will also want to think about you know things that are happening legally and and how criminal justice works because once again um the powerful the usually like older the 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 ones that are usually white are you know effing up the system and also benefiting the most from it yeah right and it, and it makes me think about um another case where that sort of happened where it was uh, i think it was lori laughlin mm -hmm. um and she for those of you who don't know she um she got two months <laughs> jail time two months um for her usc college admission scandal where she was like paying paying people off um to like help her kids uh, get, get to school, yeah, yeah. And secure it sort of illegally, it's like a whole ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Tisha, like, what what do you think about that in terms of like how the system is working and how it doesn't benefit everybody? I think that it just kind of shows who the system is built for, right? I think that like we talked about this a few weeks ago, and like 
being able to understand privilege in different like ways. Right. And like w- one is a judge being able to kind of look at somebody and like relate to their experience. And I think that that's kind of what happens with Lori Laughlin. Like it's like okay, if I was a rich white woman and my my kid like I wanted to do the best for my kid, like maybe I don't know if that's the most moral thing, but I can understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And I think that that's why she gets two months. She gets a slap on the wrist because it's like, hey, white woman, you you were doing your best. I think that like, in uh, black people and people of color often don't get that 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 courtesy. Right. That that uh, benefit of the doubt, but like Lori Laughlin really gets slapped on the wrist because it's like we can understand you, we can understand your experience, and I think uh, somebody made a comment. I think it's important to point out is like even if the judge is black, so it was, Cl- it was Clarence Thomas. Like right. Clarence Thomas, like is God. he was appointed after Thurgood Marshall because George Bush was like, well, I think this should be like the black seat, but like Clarence Thomas is nothing like. Thurgood Marshall, like he's very conservative. So even if you do have a black judge, there's a good chance that like it can be somebody that kind of buys into white supremacy. That's like, hey, um, understanding that the system kind of works for them implicitly, right? It's right. just like, well, I can understand why you can't, why you did that, but like kind of penalize black people. I don't know if you ever had a black like teacher or professor that was very, very hard on black students because they wanted them to succeed, right? But it's like not really doing it. It's like. Tough love, I guess. And I think I, I, maybe that's what Clarence Thomas is on because he's very, very conservative. And he, but he came, I looked him up, he came from, like, Philly. He came from, like, the streets of Philly. So it's just like... And, and, yeah, and I think that people can sort of... every You know, black people can, you know, be in spaces and, you know, someone might see the struggles of black people all around around them and be like, man, this is structural. Mm-hmm. This is an environmental thing. Mm-hmm. This is... This is not just people making bad decisions, but some people might come up with a more conservative view, like, oh, like, uh, you know, you're like this and your life is like this because you made choices. Yeah. All of this is on you, right? And so I think that's interesting to to think about. Um, but, you know, I, I also, it's, it's really funny that you were talking about George Bush and like his, and his thing where he wanted to p- appoint someone else in a black seat because I'm just like, so... You care about making sure you fill that seat with a black person, but not with the person who has black interest in mind, <laughs> right? Which is the, the irony of it is crazy. Yeah, it's symbolic, right? It's like that's that's what goes to show you why we one shouldn't be just defunding these anti-racism and diversity trainings, right. because people don't have a real conception of what this means. Um, like identity politics, I think is used the wrong way often, but I think that some people think that like oh. It, at least now, when I say some people, I think I, I mean white people. When white people say like, "Oh, we've given you a black professor," like you guys should be getting along, you should be happy. Like uh, somebody, a university administration has told me that before. Like, hey, we were we y'all said that y'all want black faculty like here. I'm like, well, he's Clarence Thomas. Like, <laughs> but they don't, don't want Clarence Thomas. Yeah, they don't get that. It's just like, <laughs> oh, y'all are black. Y'all are the same, but we're not a monolith. We talked about this so many times. We're not a monolith. So, like, we can get black people, like, especially when it's when you're at a university or any place where it's a, just a small amount of black people, any institution or anything, y'all can step on each other's toes because it's like you're expected to get along because y'all black, but right. it's just like, we just two different type of black people. Like, and I want to go back to also what you were saying about uh, the, the Lori Laughlin situation, because here, here's the thing, right? Not only do folks, you know, and that judge maybe finds, finds themselves in that white woman. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like, 
yeah, that's annoying. But you know what? If the rules were the same across the board, black people wouldn't be as mad. For those of you who don't understand the situation, the reason why this pisses us off, and I know like LeBron James, you know, criticized. Oh yeah, he did say something about that. And and the reason why black people are so upset about this, this is because there was a black woman who was trying to look out for their kid, and they, um, you know, said that this their kid went to school in a different area code, and she got actual years in prison for it. Yes, right. that's and, such and, a great point. And it's, and it's like, the thing is, when we look out for our kids, when, we, when our mothers try to look out for us, or our parents, or our guardians trying mm-hmm. to look out for us, folks don't see themselves in black people. Not at all. You get slapped with the book. Right, right. We're seen as devi- deviants and criminals, and yeah. we don't get afforded that same same luxury. Yeah. This is what black people are mad about. It's not the same across the board. Bro, oh, so, I'm so glad you said that. Like, and, and, and I think that's what pisses pisses me off, because it's like, Lori Loughlin could be a good mother, and, and you slap her two months, all right, fine, but when the black woman is trying to change the area code, because yeah. I, that could have, I know, look, look, you Bro, know. Bro, my mom has done that, for mom, sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, mine too. Because so, it's like, I'm trying to get my kids to go to a better school right not the neighborhood school and yeah. like not no shade to the neighborhood school but it's like we know how they set up like black, black neighborhoods yeah and it's just like opportunity that's the, that's what we're looking for opportunity yeah and you were just made you made a great um point when you're talking about like choices people look at the choices you made um and judge you about those right but it's like when you don't have opportunity and your know, choices are very limited and you have to choose bad plan a or bad plan b but if I, your mom has taken this this initiative, our mom has taken this initiative to give you an opportunity to have a, another option, right? To have another choice, and it's like you get you get charged for that. Yeah, I remember reading that case, and that lady was not only given time, she was charged because it, it, she was her tax dollars doesn't go to that county, so then her her student has to be charged for all the things that the the school had been providing for the student. It's just like, bro, y'all really slapped her with the book, with the book, and just like, how dare you try to defy this experience that we call poverty for you? Like, no, right. you need to stay in this trap. And if anybody, it's like it was, she was made an example out of. Right. And it's like, I remember my mom was saying like it was, it was a big deal because she was in, she works in uh like the system of education. She was a teacher and an assistant principal. And I remember when we lived in Cleveland, it was a big deal. Um, because they knew where we lived because her address was on the books because right, right. she worked. But I think she used used to use my grandma's like address. And that's the other thing. It's like you usually are using like your family's like address. You're not just picking a random address. Right. Like oh, Yeah, wow. no, so it, it's tough. And and that's and that's what we get pissed off about as mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah, that, I'm hot. Yeah, like the <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like the stuff is not the same all the way around. And like we can't have a conversation about equity until until like Either both those women get slapped on the wrist, or both of the women uh, get the book thrown at them. And yeah. honestly, and honestly, I feel like what Lori Laughlin did was way more egregious. Oh, absolutely! Than changing a, an area cut because at the at the end of the day, all they could have done is said, "Hey, hey, don't do that." Yeah, you got your 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 child has to go back to whatever school is in their neighborhood. But like, no one was hurt. Yeah. No, no one like no one lost an opportunity to go to college because of it. You know what I'm saying? That's, oh, because that's also what I'm thinking. It's just like one. Our moms choosing different zip codes, like, could be the reason we're here now, right? But it's just like, what if we were, like, coming out of high school and applying to college, and, like, your mom has done everything right or wrong, according to the law, right. to get you an opportunity to get to school, and your, your spot is stolen because somebody's paying for it. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. I don't... And, and, and another another thing, too, you know, I and, and Tisha, I know you've probably been through this, because I know I have. Black people already got to do, a, a lot of times black people, when we're at these PWIs, which are predominantly white institutions, um, 
a, a lot of people, we walk around trying to prove ourselves or we walk around with a lot of people believing we don't belong there anyway. They mm -hmm. feel like affirmative action and all these other things have mm -hmm. gotten us in. And, and it's really like, no, you get, you get the person beside you who's rich, who's um, a legacy student, who's maybe an athlete in some, in some cases, they got in yeah. based on something else. Right? Exactly. I got here based on my, on my like intellect and but you you can't believe that you can't see that in yeah. me right and so um, it's like asking you like oh what team do you play for right right uh, yeah yeah what you know what when did affirmative action come in oh yeah. this is this is why you're here and it's just like all right bro so uh, I think the Lori Laughlin thing um, is 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 really really messed up yeah um, but once again it's it's a part of another system absolutely like can I add one more thing because yeah. I'm just thinking about it it's just like I can see how the judge can see herself in Lori and not this black woman that changed zip codes because they have the money to try to pay. Like, cause it's just like, well, I could see myself in this situation where I have 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, hundred thousand dollars where I can just pay somebody off to get my kid in there. But you could never fathom why somebody would just want to choose a different zip code for their child to go to a better school. That is such a good point. And wait, wait, that, ahead. That, oh yeah, I'm getting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. D dive in more. Dive in more. Say it's more. just because it's like that's such a reg regular people struggle. It's not even black or brown. It's just like anyone that doesn't have a lot of money. That's the best way you can provide for your kid. Right. But like judges, they don't represent us because we know how much money they make, and they've been lawyers for so. Uh, Maybe a, they had to be a lawyer for at least 15 years probably to become right, right. a judge. So it's just like you so far removed. It gets back to like our conversation about um, like the Supreme Court justices. It's like they're just so far removed. So when they're sitting there judging normal people like you and I, yeah. and we're not even like the most normal like, right, right, right. because we're socially climbing and things. So they can't even understand how somebody can not have enough money to live somewhere else, not be afforded generational wealth, and have to change their zip code, use their mom's address, use their cousin's address, just anybody that got a decent school where they got decent books and teachers that care. And, and the funny thing is, and, and the way it all connects too, is that those are the same people <laughs> who are also Supreme Court justices and who are making these decisions. And it goes back to, oh, I couldn't understand myself in that situation. And so not only am I going to judge you and convict you, but if I'm a Supreme Court justice or someone else who's big in the legal, legal system, I'm going to make laws that are representative of my experiences and not yours. Exactly. Right? And so it's like once you can sort of dive into that and understand that. How, then, how connected they are. Right. Because I think about like Brown versus Board of Education. Like that is supposed to um, make schools um, not segregated, right? Right, right. But it's like we know that schools are more segregated than they were back then. So it's like that <laughs> that court failed. Like they, they tried. They, they passed the right thing. Right. But the implementation has failed. And then that puts somebody in position to fail again. Yeah. So it's just, if like Brown versus Board is implemented right, then we don't have to worry about like somebody going to a, a different school because their school will be getting the same thing. But equity is not a part of the process. Right. We can have laws on the book. It's like this is the Breonna Taylor like no knock warrant. I don't think that's gonna do shit because the implementation isn't there. It's like you can write whatever you want into law, but if you don't got the people to back it up. Then they it never will. Well, yeah, and and and, and let's and let's sort of let, let's talk about that too, because I think that with the Breonna Taylor case, um, it's it's really interesting because um, for those of you who don't know, Breonna Taylor, um, it, her family was given twelve million dollars in in a settlement, right? Mm -hmm. And a civil suit. Yeah, in a civil suit, right? So um, you know, you you have some people who are who are like, all right, she got got her money, but a, a lot of us as Black folks are still critical 
um, of it, and some folks might not necessarily understand why. So yeah. today we're going to tell you why um, this isn't a lot. But but first, I want to go into, because we do research here, right? Absolutely. Um, and so we're going to talk about the things that have happened um, in Louisville since Breonna Taylor was killed, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the $12 million silver suit, right, that her that her family, I guess, won and, and was given. Um, Mr. Mr. Hankinson, right? Yeah. Uh, was was fired. That was so. That was the actual cop who sent in who sent in the rounds of guns into the house that killed Taylor. Um, Mattingly and Miles Cosgrove they were placed on administrative reassignment. So not necessarily fired, but they were reassigned somewhere else. Right um, there. So you have uh, Louisville saying that they're going to change the way the search warrants are approved and carried out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're hiring social workers to assist officers in the field. They're announcing that the housing credits will be given to police officers who, you know, move into low-income neighborhoods and who um, and will be paid out to at least maybe two hours per week of, that like, overtime, right, to perform community service in, in these neighborhoods. Um, Why can't they just give that money to the people in the, the residence rather than to the police officers to move into the residence? Because then it's like you won't have crime if people have money. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so we before we critique it, we want to say that th- these are the things that Louisville has done. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I think the, the the biggest thing, at least for me, is that like, you know, you still didn't, you know, charge, <laughs> arrest any of those officers. Mm-hmm. And the issue here is that you can do all of these quote unquote great things. But the people who are causing the violence still have not been held accountable. Yeah. So, T. Shaw, what is their incentive to not do it again if they know that all that might happen is that they'll get reassigned? Or maybe five, some, some, one of them might have gotten fired, but like they'll get another job somewhere else. And what is to stop them from, th- from thinking, oh, I can take more lives because no one has actually punished me. I've gotten away with it before. I can easily do it again. Mm-hmm. Like there's still no level of accountability. At all. And so when you when you do nothing to the person who's actually caused the violence, you haven't given them an, an, an incentive to change. And like mm-hmm. this is what the whole police brutality thing is all about. Absolutely. Like give like make officers be afraid to do it because their lives can be ruined. Absolutely. Like ruined, ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what makes me the most upset about it. But but um, what 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 sort of grinds your gears the most about about this twelve million dollar settlement, and why isn't it enough in in your eyes? I think that like people will look at the money and be like, okay, cool. But like, say I was killed tomorrow, yesterday, a few days ago um, by the police, and like my mom gets a twelve million dollar settlement. Like I would hope she would she uh, she wouldn't be content because my life is worth more than twelve million dollars. I couldn't put a value on my life, but I know I'm worth more than twelve million dollars right. for show for show. For show, for show. Like, I got way too much to give to the world for it to be just quantified at $12 million. Right. Um, and I, but I think that some people will look at that and be like, that's justice. But that's because money moves, like, money moves people. But I think that, like, there is no, there's no room for accountability that right. we see. I think that, like, yeah, like, if, if uh, officers just going to be reassigned, there's no reason for them not to kill somebody. And, and and you know what? Going back to the Lori Laughlin thing and like thinking about kids who whose parents have a lot of resources, right? Um, for those of you, I, I don't know how many of you all out there might watch Power, but um, they have the second second part of the series, um, and you know, following Tariq, and he he basically he was the main character of the show. Mm-hmm. And he has he's in college. He has his white friend whose family owns all these properties at the school that they attend. 
his they were at a party and the white guy's brother actually punched a cop in the face and and they they the cops were at the frat house because um there was a noise complaint and they were about to arrest the man but then he was like oh my family this is who my family is yeah this is what they donate and da 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 to the school and i think that's where where we're sort of going with police officers that's what it feels like i can throw money at the at the victims to silence them i can throw money to different programs in this ecosystem that we call a city and 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 all these social programs and my but the person who actually did the violence never has to be held accountable so think about all all the crazy privileged kids Mm -hmm. you know no matter you know right no matter what race ethnicity whatever because we we've all seen this across the across the board where you have someone who's spoiled and they know they always have someone who can clean up that mess. Absolutely. Right? And throw money at that mess. Mm-hmm. But that person is still not held accountable. And that's what the whole police brutality thing is. You're throwing money at us. Yeah. You're throwing money at us. But like what, what you haven't done is assured us that these officers won't kill again. Yeah. So it's and like that's what we want. Right. That's really what we want. Right. And I don't know. It's just like money, it just doesn't, it's not enough. Like, there's no law, it's a band-aid. And I think that what really makes me mad, what really grinds my gears, taking it back to a local level, is like LAPD, we look at their budget, they have money allocated for settlements. I think that that's the most bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Mm. Because it's like, yeah, like I guess there should be money just in case something happened, but there shouldn't be no just in case. We should be doing everything we we can. That money should be given to the community. Because there shouldn't be, like, there shouldn't be money just off to the side, like, okay, we're going to beat this nigga ass, and we're going to just break him off a little bread. We're going to beat this nigga ass. We might have to kill him. We're going to get him two. We're going to get him four. Right. We're going to get him six, depending on how much they fucked up right. on camera. And, and, and you know what, what? As you were talking about LAPD, you reminded me of uh, one of the sheriffs, because, you know, there were, I think there were some, like, cops or something who got shot. And yeah, real sh- recently. Yeah, Those two deputies. Right, and... The man, what one of the, it was it was one cop who was actually trying to get LeBron James to like speak out on behalf. Oh, the sheriff. Yeah, the sheriff. Yeah. So there's a ransom, or yeah, let's call it a ransom, or like a reward, um, for uh, there's a reward. What is it for? Oh, capturing the uh, person that shot the two deputies. He the the sheriff challenged LeBron to match that reward, so it's double for people. But it's like this is the same sheriff because this is the L.A. sheriff of uh, the, uh, uh, the county. Right. Remember, we talked about how uh, those deputies took pictures of uh, Kobe's dead body and those dead people. Right, right, right. Th- This is the same sheriff yeah. department. So it's like, how are you going to come to the NBA talking about like, oh, y'all don't support us. If you a real like American or you a real Angelino, then you should be supporting our. But y'all not y'all wasn't supporting the Lakers. Y'all wasn't supporting Kobe, his his family. Right. So I think that that's I think that that is craziness because it's like that's what privilege look like. It's like I can call you out, but when people call you out or try to call you in, you don't want to respond well. Right. You she ne- they never responded to Kobe uh wife. I think that they Kobe wife taking them to uh, court. Right, right, right. But it's like they never apologize. But you are gonna come out to LeBron talking about oh he's part of the reason why that uh so so many people are up in arms and he can be the reason that. People have contributed to like to this death. Right. That because oh, it's not because the police have been killing people. I think that that's the craziest part. They think it's propaganda that people are making police officers out to be bad people. No, nigga, y'all make yourselves out to be bad people shooting niggas. Like I think they really think that they help people. 
And, like, I guess you kind of do sometimes, but that's not your whole job. Like, I just look at firefighters. It's like nobody nobody beefing with firefighters because they know that firefighters are there to help them. We had a great-ass experience with the firefighters helping that dude outside this building. Right. And then what did they say? Like, they were pretty much, they were cool. And everybody was just didn't want the police officers to get on scene because they knew it. when the police officers got on scene, oh, dude was going to get arrested for whatever reason. Or worse. Yeah, <laughs> or these, worse. these days, right? And no, and, and I, I totally, I totally agree. And it's just like when we talk about police brutality, right? A lot of times, folks just think, you know, it's just black people who are suffering and da 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 da. But it's like, no, people get upset. Like folks, folks talk about the the two deputies that were killed. But like, we have to think about when when people don't feel like justice will be served, if, mm-hmm. when people feel hopeless, when people feel like there's, there's no way out anyway, you don't give people incentive to follow rules to be good human beings. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so when you continue to show that you do not care about black lives, you cannot then ask black people to start caring about you. You, you can't then start asking black people to, to, to like support your office and your officers when your officers are still out there brutalizing people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't see the officers um, matching any Black Lives Matter donations or NAACP Not donations or any of the local movements that are happening Not here. At all. So, so like, where do you get get off like doing that type of thing? Yeah. So I, I, I think it's something that we have to uh, continue to, to, to think about. But, like, how dare you ask LeBron James? Bro. Like, With your what? whole ass chest, bro. Like, y'all not out here killing people on the daily. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. It becomes dangerous for everybody. And, I, and, and this is why we continue to call upon, quote, unquote, good cops. If you really are a good cop, you're going to figure out a way to get these bad cops out, out the system. Because guess what? You know, let's say those deputies never did anything to anybody and mm-hmm. they were quote unquote good cops. Yeah. Well, maybe you caught an L because the system didn't take care of those bad cops. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So like it is what it is. And and to be and to be very, very upfrank and honest, it, it goes back to the same argument of like you chose this dangerous ass profession. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's really what it comes down to. Like this is really what you have signed up to do. And I don't mean that like I don't want you to get shot, bro, bro. Like right. I no, no, right. but like if it comes to it, like if a nigga get hit with a log as a logger, it was God's will. I don't know. Like that that's a part of the job. Like you are assuming some type of risk. If the people that went into the building at 9-11, the firefighters and stuff, some some of them lost their lives. Yeah. But that's what they signed Not up to cool. do. Yeah. And it's heroic. And like people would maybe champion police officers if they were really peace officers. Like, but they don't. So I just need them to sit there and think like, damn, why don't people like us? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you can look at you can look at the cops with uh, I think it was like Luke Luke Rittenhouse. Like, if y'all were really if the cops were really heroes, they would have stopped people from getting killed. Oh, oh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, yes, yeah, Kyle. You Kyle, saw, yeah. Luke, Chad, whatever. His yeah, name whatever is. his name is. Yeah, but like. <laughs> When y'all, when sometimes when police officers have the chance to be heroes, yeah, and and, and on a big on a big platform when these protests are going on, yep. you you allow murderers and the villains to attack us, and so now you yep. want us to have this have this like you empathy know empathy for them, sympathy for them. Yeah, right? and it's like that that stuff is hard because you had a chance to save save people. Yeah, um, and it wasn't even just black people who got killed, right? So it's just like I you you have your chance to be that to be that real hero mm-hmm. and. And when you show that you know you support the villains, then you can't expect everybody else to also not follow your lead and, and you know not try to challenge the villains because you don't. Yeah, you know, bro, that's a bar. So that's a bar. Tis is what it is. Um, so we are 
I, th I think we we I think we're gonna uh, switch and tra transition out. You want to transition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll we're gonna take just a tiny little break, um, and we will be right back, y'all. All right, y'all, rock with us. Yo, yo, yo. We appreciate your patience, Brewing Black family. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, back back in the, the new location. I'm liking this lighting. We're looking good, bro. bro. On fleet. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. Um, so, you know, for those, for those of you just tuning in, we were talking a lot about uh, different systems, right, whether it was the Supreme Court justice system, the criminal justice system, mm -hmm. um, any, any types of uh, judicial systems and, and things of that nature. Yeah. And, and, bro, what I've learned is that, you know, life is precious. Um, life is unpredictable. Um, you know, you can get caught up out here by, by the system, by a crooked cop. Bro. And I'm just like, with life being filled with all this pain and turmoil and, you know, surprises, who do you want to, sh who do you want to be by your side? Oh, that's you, a real question. You know, like, who do, who do you, how do you figure out um, what type of person you want to be, be by your side to help you go through all this st stuff and help you navigate that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I think that we, both of us have talked a lot about wanting a, a black woman. Um, you know, I, I have a saying, I say I'm, I'm healthily obsessed with black women. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, that, that's always been true and it'll continue to be true. Um, but it's, it's interesting because this week, uh, Super Bowl champion Patrick Mahomes actually got uh, engaged, engaged, engaged mm -hmm. um, to his girlfriend since, that he's had since high school. High school, yeah. Um, and so there, there was a lot of conversations about you know him choosing a a white woman and like how that's a trend that you know is popular with at black athletes. And mm -hmm. you know, Tisha, what do you think about that whole situation? Um, with black athletes in general, or Mahomes in specific. Let's let's start off with Mahomes and then go to black athletes in general. Okay, well Mahomes, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm not I'm not one to talk about nobody, girl. Like, um, but like, my mom always told me if you gonna end up with a white woman, if you have to be with a white woman, shout out to moms. I see you on live. Um, <laughs> make sure she not regular, she regular. Because I think that that has a lot to do with anti-blackness. But I know, like, Mahomes, if you look at him, like, bro, you can tell, like, well, bro's mixed for sure. Right, right, right. I don't know how much, but, um, like, yeah, he's mixed. Uh, he probably got a white mama, uh, if uh, most athletes do. Right, right. Because they daddy was with a white woman. <laughs> and it's just like, if you got a white woman, you, like, or, yo, you got a white mama, like, I think the, the odds, I don't have no statistics for real, but I know that the odds are that you're probably going to end up with a white woman. Um, Cause that's who you find attractive. That's who like this like I don't know like the woman in your life. Like it makes sense. Yeah. Um. So like I think that with Mahomes, growing up in Texas and different things like that, I, I can see how it makes sense. But I think that like it really has to do with the like I don't know anti-blackness in a way, but proximity to whiteness. I think that like especially because his proximity to whiteness, because he's mixed, it makes sense. I think that like. For him to be marrying this woman, it kind of makes a lot more sense too. Right, right. I feel that. I, I think that, who it's it's such an interesting you know phenomenon to me in terms of like interracial dating. Like mm -hmm. my mom is married to uh, a Mexican from who grew up here in L.A. Okay. And and I and my sis um, my sisters and well, one my stepsisters, um, they're they're married to to white folks and. 
it's cool because they're white folks who like get it, who will be at the Black Lives Matter marches, who can, you know, who don't make me feel uncomfortable in my skin when I'm around them, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not everyone's experiences, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I and I think that when we, I, I had like one of one of my really really good friends, all he does is talk to white women, and he's, he's biracial, <laughs> same, bro, bro, same. Yeah, like like the team. White, the, there there are black men who who are out here saying. Uh, a team white girl and and I have friends who like own it right yeah. um and so I, I they own it bro yeah they they own it they own it and they they, makes, they have white mothers as well I about to say makes people do own it and they and do it, own it. and it's like you, you know you don't you don't want to necessarily because I, I I think that I think it's only an issue when you act like race doesn't exist or you have mm-hmm. a partner mm-hmm. who will who will hear your experiences of racism and try to downplay it and say yeah. that that wasn't really it yeah. right um, so I, you know, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon, but I also want to put out there, right. That like, um, black, black people in terms of like marriages and stuff like that, like 80, it's like 80% of us are like married to like each black other. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. like, so like, let's, let's, let's think about what it looks like from a societal sensationalized perspective. Mm-hmm. And let's think about reality. Most of us are choosing each other. That's a, that's a bar, bro. I think that's very important to point out because I think that like, Sensationalism, uh, sensationalism, but also what we see on media right. is that a lot of black men, which are usually athletes or rappers, are with somebody that is racially ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, or know, or white. Yeah, exactly, and, and I know that you know these some of these black celebrities they go through that too, who who have chosen to uh, you know date date interracially. Like Tay mm-hmm. Diggs just got divorced um, not too long ago. He was on the Breakfast Club talking about like that pressure and like how it sort of feels like. Uh, a relief to like not have to do like deal with that anymore. Yeah. Like people giving you looks and stuff. Yeah, because um, people be eating him up. Yeah, but he yeah. said problematic things. I've heard okay, like yeah. I didn't know that he dated white women, um, but I've heard so many like things about him and how he's kind of talked about black women. Right, right, and, and I think that with <laughs> with the interracial um, aspect, we're very used to seeing um, uh, the p- most prominent like actors and athletes and famous folks choose up and like those are the things that are circulated right mm-hmm. um and but but what i will say too is even you know here and here's the deeper conversation right so like i remember there was a there was a thread of popular black black folks who were married to you know um black women like snoop dogg or ice cube or lebron james mm-hmm. or russell westbrook chris paul like i i can like Dwayne wade and i can keep going um, but then there was also some like colorism in it too, where it was like none of them look like Jasmine Sullivan, yeah. and so like you got to. I don't know things. Gabby Union. She, well, get get. I love her. Right, right. She really can have my heart. Right, but like I remember, it was like a collage of pictures, and it was like yeah. maybe one or two out of the twenty women yeah. were like not were were like that were actually dark skin. Yeah, like darker than me, me, me and you. Like yeah, because I was gonna say we got to put it on the spectrum because I think of like Savannah. Cause that's who what LeBron went. She not dark skin, but she not light. But it's like you look at LeBron, he not dark skin, but he not light. Right. So, and, and, but I I definitely get what you're saying. And and it, and it becomes this thing too where you 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 mentioned which I which I really appreciate this idea of proximity to whiteness. Like mm-hmm. some of my homeboys who you know don't rock with black women, it's because they grew up in places where you know they felt like black women were a monolith and they acted a certain way yeah, and so like yeah. oh I don't want someone who's ratchet yeah. or has an attitude and it's like that's not all black women at all but absolutely. like in, in certain places you might grow up and you might have that anti-black sentiment you don't even realize it yeah absolutely and I also have uh, mixed friends too that's like 
maybe they're just like a little nerdy or they're a little corny and like they think that black women kind of want like the the like not the gang banger but like the hood nigga like right, right. that that has an image and they don't have that image. It's like the Jordan Peels, like like Jordan Peel, Jordan Peel, Childish Gambino. They're all with like non-black women, but it's they if you hear them talk about it, they talk about like how they just weren't black women's type. But it's like. It's, that puts black women in a monolith. Right. Because black women are all like, they don't all want this and they all don't want that. But it's like, this is what's kind of perpetuated or what we think black men are. So if we don't fit that, then it's like, oh, well, I guess I need to look for a white woman. Right. And it's like, that's kind of what I be hearing from like um, my mixed friends or my black friends um, that don't fit like a stereotypical black image. Like, I don't think I really fit a stereotypical black image. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not really chasing after like non-black women. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that what I've learned uh, back in my younger days and shoot, even now is that, you know, black women, um, you know, come in all shapes, sizes, personalities, interests. Mm. And, and I encourage brothers who feel like you know, black women are, are a certain way. I explore you to sort of get out of your neighborhood, yeah. go to some different cities, try to travel as much as you can, because I think that that's where I learned that, right? The peop- the women that I talked to in North Carolina were different than the black women I talked to in Boston, who were different from the black women that I've talked to in L.A., right? Yeah. And I think that so many of us don't get that exposure to different cultures and people within our own country. Absolutely. And you just grow up in your neighborhood, because, like, I've, I've also seen the black, w- bl- black women or women who have attitude who happen to be black. Yeah. Black, but I, I but I've seen it with with uh, every other race of woman too. Absolutely. So it's just so it's just like sometimes you don't understand that if all you're around is are the same people in that same same neighborhood, and it's just like no, explore, get get out for a second before you say, oh, well, all black women are, are like this way. This. Absolutely, you absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's that proximity to whiteness too. It's like knowing that we're socially mobile black men right. who are getting like higher education that has higher education one right. that um are pursuing degrees at or well I got my degree but you're pursuing a PhD mm-hmm. at an elite institution. Um, a lot of men know that like they're what do we call it like what's the word uh, a commodity right, really right. like they know that they are commodity. So they know that they're like they're they're desirable to all women, and they'll play that bag. But then they end up kind of like OJ. Like I don't like I don't know if you know anything about OJ, but like OJ Simpson was with uh, like his high school sweetheart. He got to USC. He was doing his thing. I think he got to the NFL and he dropped her. He had a kid with her. He dropped her and got with a white woman, mm-hmm. and he kind of assumed this identity almost as like. He not white, but he's I'm not, not black. black. I'm OJ. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not okay, black. Okay, OJ. Like, okay. <laughs> and I think that there's so many black people like that. It's just like once you start getting closer to uh, whiteness, which is usually economically and different things like that, getting into white spaces, like we think of galas and different things like that. Those are white spaces. Those are yeah. traditionally white spaces. UCLA is a traditional white space, like spaces like that. And when you're seen, you're expected to kind of be, to fit in more. Right. And you fit in more with white women. Um, so do you think when you're married, you kind of fall into that? Because we know we know that we kind of socially uh, elevate. Hold on, hold on. So, so explain to me again, like, fall into what? what? Fall into the, the kind of trap of, like, you need to fit in, so I need a, a, a racially ambiguous, or what did Lil Wayne and them say? Like, shoot, oh man, I. Ugh, I do like, you think you can bring a black woman, like your black woman, into a space and feel comfortable? Yeah, I, I feel like f- for me, 
in terms of just adaptability, that's just so important for me. Mm-hmm. For me, like I, anyone that I'm with, I have to be able to bring into to like a variety of different spaces, Absolutely. right? You have to know how to be with my. Let's say I have super radical friends, which I which I do. Hell, you're one of my super <laughs> radical friends. Um, like I, my super radical folks, but like I also come from the conservative Bible Belt South, so you also Ooh. have to know how to conduct yourself. Not how to conduct yourself on some respectability stuff, but like you have to know how to move and navigate and finesse. Absolutely, because I can do that for you. Code like I can switch. be, yeah, code switch. yeah, yeah. You got to know how to how to code switch, and so I think that. Um, you know, at the higher the higher we, we go in terms of our upward mobility, I think that sometimes you can get, get caught up in this trap of like, oh, like you gotta do a certain thing, look a certain way, conduct yourself in a certain way because this mm-hmm. is this is a high level. This yeah. is the master level. This is like this is like this is not the rookie leagues anymore. You know I what I'm saying? Like. Um, my my little brother, he, he actually thinks I'm I'm very elitist in terms of the women I talk to because really yes yes because he's like well Ashton. You know, all all you talk about is like they have this degree and they or they have this business or they're doing X Y Z in their lives, and I'm like, well, yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, because I'm I'm very attracted to ambition. Yeah, I get that. You know, but I don't think ambition has to be ambition doesn't have to be monolithic. Ooh, and like, ooh, what is, that's a bar. And, and bro. what does and what does that actually like look like? And I think I've been thinking I've been thinking about that too. But but what do you think? Do you feel like you will feel that pressure to have a woman that can like that you feel is at a certain level? Uh, that's a hard question. Like, okay, so well, I know she don't have to be white, but like my girl now, I think that she can be in any space and dominate any space. So right. like that make I don't know. It makes sense for me. So, yeah, in a way, like, yeah, I, I don't think that, like, because you want to be comfortable, right? And you, you want to be. be able to be in a space where you feel, like, kind of proud of somebody and feel, like, that they belong and you belong. And you, right. like, all of that. They, like, they kind of fit into your life. So, it, I think it, one, it has something to do with the spaces that you occupy. Right. Because I'm, I'm in a social justice space for the most part. Like, I think that, like yeah like I don't know I think about my job like I teach like little black kids little little black and brown boys like um about ethnic studies and how to how to get to college right, and, right. like advance I do like social justice work on the side where like I'm planning rallies and organizations like I'm organizing still because I think that that's really like the essence of me mm-hmm. um so I can't see a life where that's not where like kind of my bag. That's right, right. that's always gonna be my bag. I'm gonna make money off of it somehow, some way. But like that that will always kind of be the space that I'm in. So it will never kind of be like it will never be entrenched into whiteness. Like I think that there I, I might have media attention on me at some point. Right, but right. it's like this is the life I'm living. It's a political life, and my my the like the love that I choose will be in a political sense too. I think that that makes sense to me. Um, but I think that, like, yeah, I think that it's necessary to code switch. I think that, like, if I'm with you, you have to be able to fit into, like, my friend circles. And I got some ratchet friends. Like, right, 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 right. <laughs> like, I got some niggas and some niggas. Like, <laughs> and if, you, if you know, you know. Like, it just makes sense. So um, you have to be able to be comfortable with that because it's, like, for me, it's, like, not all of my friends are social justice oriented. We, <laughs> we, I'm not from the streets, but, like, I don't know if you know, dudes. Like, right. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, hey, look, if I'm like, just know when we see him, he gonna probably say some things that like, not nah, gonna, that's not gonna float yeah, that right. well all the time. It's not PC at all. Yeah, but like, just know his love here. Like, I'm not me without him. Right. Like, 
I got friends that um, grew up conservative, and they're they're still kind of working through some things like that. So it's like he might say some shit that's like off the wall, and I check him, and I push him to think. Right. And if you can push him to think in the same way, that's not aggressive and there's not like tension built. Like, oh, oh marry me, like. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what I think. Yeah, I, and, and I think that with with choosing a, I and it, and it can be such such a process. And so one thing that I did, I, I wanted to ask you too, Tisha, because I think that like a lot of a lot of men deal with this, right? Mm-hmm. So like you talk about us being a commodity, right? Yeah. So like black men who might not have a criminal worker, we have some education, we have a job, we might not have no kids, mm-hmm. um, and it's a hot where. In low supply, but in high demand. Yeah. And um, you know what makes uh, what makes a man say, "Hey, I could be out here just in the streets and just keep doing what I'm doing, having woman after woman." You know what I'm saying? But no, you're you're like wifey material. You're yeah. you're you're you would make me settle down, even though I I don't necessarily have to until I'm in my late thirties, <laughs> early forties. Yeah. So like, what I have what, a choice at yeah, any point. Yeah. So like, what what makes what makes a, a man do that because that's something that that you that you've done yourself. Yeah. Even though like you still have all these qualities, yeah. and you could still choose not to want to date or to you know be in a long term relationship. Okay, that's a good question. That's a real good question. Like, what makes you kind of choose up, right? Yeah. Um. So I think about my girl now. Like, I used to think you, we've had this discussion a lot. Like, kind of them being social justice oriented. Right, right. But I don't even think that's true because then I had to think about. The past people I've dated, all of the people I've like really dated, other than like high school, um, they've been social justice oriented. But right. I think that that's not really what it has to be, because those people, for more or less, I would say they don't always care about people. Mm. I think that you can be social justice oriented, but like it be for either yourself or because you think that like injustice is fucked up, or there's a bunch of different things why you can be like social justice oriented. But I am like a humanitarian. I really care about people very deeply. And I think that like that's something that I kind of see in her, that like she really cares about people. She really wants to help people. So I think that that's really like that's what I'm learning that I kind of really need. And I've also dated very selfish people. And I'm a very selfless person. So I've been like exploited in a lot of different ways, not mm-hmm. on purpose, but it's just like I'm a I'm a taker. They're, they're a taker and I'm a giver. Right. So it's like. Oh, I'm gonna take as much as you give, and but I'm gonna give you the fucking shirt off my back, right? Because it's right. just like that's just the person that I am. But at some point, you're gonna run out of clothes, <laughs> and that's what the fuck I've been doing. <laughs> and I don't feel that same way, but I think that also like it's very important to have someone that balances you out, right? I think that that's something else that I've been kind of working through is that like I've dated people that are like pretty similar to me in a lot of different ways, right? And this is like I don't even know if this sounds bad, but it's like. Imagine somebody having the same skill set as you, and like y'all could do it the same, or I could do it a little bit better, maybe, maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, but like they have the same weaknesses as you, and they like one, they enable you to kind of fall into your weaknesses, but two, that they like you watch somebody struggle with the same weaknesses that you have, but they struggle way worse with it, and you try to help them, and it doesn't really work. Right. I don't think that like for me that that has been conducive like relationship wise. So I think that, like, I don't know, there's a lot of things that kind of go into, like, deciding, like, if you really want to marry somebody, I think that it takes time, too, getting to learn them. But I think more than anything is being comfortable. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people I'm with, I'm not not with-with, 
Um, I, the people that I've decided to date, I'm pretty comfortable, but there's like levels. And I'm learning that there's levels. And it's just like when you can just like, without thinking, just kind of be yourself and just be as silly as or goofy as just do things without really second guessing. I think that that's really when you kind of know because it's like you feel secure. Right. And not many places in the world do you ever feel secure. Yeah. Like, feel like, damn, I can do something and this person really won't judge me. Right. I think that like, <laughs> me and my girl be having conversations about shit and I'll say some shit that's off the wall but I don't think that like she judges me like oh right, this right. is a bad person like no like I can really just give you and I think you don't get that from many people other than like your parents maybe you know, like your family maybe like maybe, maybe. it's all maybes right so it's just like I think when you're able to just kind of be yourself is really when you can like like oh yeah like I can do this because yeah. it's like a lifetime commitment because you can I don't know I've been physically attracted to a lot of people but it's just like, sometimes that shit fizzles out. So yeah. like, what more? What's that other quality that like makes this shit stick? Yeah. So yeah. what about you? I, I think that for me, it's it's tough because I, I've heard I've heard dudes say things like, you know, it's not necessarily the women. All the women are are sort of like great, but like I might not be in that space for it. Mm. Um, I think I think for me in terms of like. Yeah, because you've not settled down. So, like, what yeah. would make you settle down? That's a real question. Yeah, you man. gotta you gotta think about that before even marriage. Yeah, yeah, that that's the thing. So, for me, settling down, you know, I think it's it's also understanding. Um, I get caught up in the high supply, low demand thing, and not because I'm arrogant or think so much of myself, but I know that there are so many great, great, beautiful, awesome black women. And mm. so meeting them, going out on dates with them, like securing their interest in me is not the the issue. My like I, I feel weird because I feel now in a space I feel like I'm in a space now where it's just like I don't go out on dates thinking, will they like me? I, th I go out on dates thinking, will I like them? Ooh, <laughs> and that's like, a bar. And that's a think, bar. And I don't think men sort of have these conversations with themselves enough because it, it's always sort of like, oh, like, you know, can I get this woman to like me? Can I get her to, like, like me enough to, like, sleep with me? Yeah. Like, like, how many bodies can yeah. I rack up? All this stuff. And I'm, and I'm literally going out on dates and I'm just like, okay, well, how do, like, can I see myself with you for the long term? Mm. And... And and even if I can, am I excited about it? Because I think that a lot of times Ooh. we don't. Uh, yeah, because you could be with a lot of people for long term. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, like it could be. Because my my issue isn't that like it couldn't be lit lit with somebody, mm -hmm. but like, am I excited about that? Mm -hmm. Like, and I and I don't think that's a conversation that enough of us as uh, as men as have as men have. I think that sometimes we get into things where it's just like, oh, this is cool, this is comfortable, this is convenient. Yeah, but is this? Yeah, but is is am I really? excited about it do I really care about it do I really sort of feel like you were saying before where I can be my total and complete self and it's fun and, and it's exciting mm -hmm. and and you look forward to it right mm -hmm. um and so like because T-Shaw you know when you talk about about your, your your woman like I can see the excitement in your eyes yeah. like like y'all I can see it in his eyes <laughs> right now right and, and so and, and I think that sometimes as men like we get so caught up in like racking up bodies yeah. bodies that we don't necessarily think about we never take that time to step back and think about like what really makes me happy how does how can someone really really make me happy outside of just being fun and outside of just sex like i have yeah. like we don't take the time to figure that out for ourselves okay and so what was that process like for you um i think that it, it was multi-stepped right i think just like when you i think i have to be like friends with you first like i think i have to like spend some time getting to know you and just like hanging out, see what the vibe's like. I think right, right. vibe is, like, very cliche, but, like, 
it's also like, hmm, okay, this I feel good with you. Like this is how we bounce off of each other, things like that. And then once that kind of happens, it's like, okay, um, well, like, let me see what you think. Like long, because you have to kind of see if like y'all fit long term wise. Right, right. And I think that that's kind of what happens with um, like when you're friends, because it's like, okay, I got to know you. This is kind of like your temperament. It's like, okay, like we, you have these qualities that I would like. Then it's like, okay, how do we work together? Like, okay, let me expose you to me. This is how I am. Like, let me show you my flaws. So I think that that's kind of what I've gotten into because I think that that's very important for me now. I think that, like, before I was, like, into hiding my flaws. Mm. It's like I, I was trying to be, like, a perfect person. And it's just like, so then when I wasn't perfect at times later, then it was, like, kind of shocking to them. It's just like, oh, I thought you were a perfect person. It's just like, no, that's, ah. that's <laughs> way too much to try to keep up. So, like, now I've gotten in the habit of, like, okay, this is me. I'm not the best at this, this, and the third. Like, right. this is who I am. Like, yeah, I cook, I clean. Um, but I don't, I'm not the best at neither one of those things. Like, I'm, I'm a solid cleaner because, like, my mom made me clean up anytime I wanted to go somewhere. Right. But I don't do it all the time. Like, I, like, I, like, so I'm just being, I'm transparent. I think being transparent is the most important thing. It's just, like, this is where I'm at. This is what I think. And if you can rock with that, and if I can rock with how you rocking, like, then I think we're good. Right. Um, but I think I was very interested. So you were saying that you, like, go on different dates. When do you know, like, I guess for me, when do you know when it's time for the second date? Or when do you know it's like, okay, beyond just, like, dating, I want you to be my woman? Oh, man. T, you're asking me something, and I haven't, I haven't had a serious <laughs> girlfriend in like over three years now. Ooh, okay, okay. So, so, it, so the that I think for me, it's, it's a lot like, because my thing always is, black women are are in abundance, mm -hmm. and it's not just average black women who are in abundance. It, and I don't say this from an arrogant, yeah. from an arrogant perspective. But there are a bunch of black women that I have been blessed to come in contact with. All of them got, got degrees. All of them have good jobs. All of them are, are cute. All of them are social justice oriented. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes this thing of like when I'm sitting down with you and I can feel like, oh, you're like my best friend. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we really vibe. Like, you, like you make me laugh. Like, you're entertaining because I, I feel like uh, for a, a lot of times I'm, I'm a giver as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I'm going to do the most if I actually care about you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and entertainment and sense of humor and, like, learning you so I can know what to say, how to do it to, like, make you laugh and enjoy yourself. Like, mm -hmm. that's a really big thing. And so when a woman can do that to, for me and, like, get me entertained and get me sort of hooked and make yeah. me, like, interested. And I'm, teach you things. Yeah. And, man, all like, of that good stuff. Right? Ass. right? So Exactly. And so for me, it's like... It, 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 you have to be able to, because you can have all these. What I'm, what I'm learning is that so many women have uh, look good on paper. Oh, so many women look good about on paper, it. right? Talk about it. You know, because for me, social justice oriented used to mean like, well, what are you talking about on your social media? Are you talking yeah. about Black Lives Matter or X, Y, and Z? And it's yeah. like, but like, especially in this day and age. Everybody Every, is, yeah, and, and it, that's good. There's a pressure too, yeah, yeah absolutely. A, and you, and like in an ideal world, whether a woman is interested in you and, or you or not, you want her to be talking that social justice stuff. Yeah, it's a new normal. But but what I've learned is that like no matter what people 
like no matter what someone looks like on paper, there's nothing that you can substitute for like that in-person feeling. Absolutely. Like I'm getting to know you, you're getting to know me. Like I feel like you were saying comfortable and at home with mm-hmm. you, despite all these checklist things, yeah. like a degree or a job yeah. or whatever. So I, I think for me, it's like you really, really got to be really phenomenal to like keep my attention because what what my thing is that and this is my issue man i i'm gonna be honest i'm being i'm being honest with y'all right now bro black but black um i i my thing is that i can get into a situation where i can hang out with you 50,000 times mm-hmm. and it'll be fun and i can look <laughs> at the situation and be like oh this is fun but like am i like I you wish know, I could tell y'all how many times I heard that. Like, like, oh, yeah, it was fun. It was good. This is great. But, like, am I going to, you know, stop talking to other people? Or <laughs> it's like, no, because, it, like, there's a difference between fun. Like, I look, I'm, I like I like skating. That's fun. But I wouldn't do it every day for 50 years. And you wouldn't give up other things to go skate. Right. I'm not going to stop going to the beach. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to stop doing brunch. You know what I'm saying? Skating is cool. Ooh. I love some skating, man. But it's like I'm I'm a very like like you really gotta you really gotta pull me in. So yeah. for me it's just like it's a high it's a high uh it's a high supply. Uh high, I, I, it's a high bar. It's a it's a very high bar because it's yeah. just like I can cause I, and this this makes me y'all I'm sorry because I probably sound like uh like way too arrogant. But it's just one of those things where it's just like you can, like I've been with the super beautiful people. I've been mm-hmm. with the super smart people. I've been with the women who have who have a lot of money. Like so, you. I don't really know at this point. <laughs> like it's not one of those things that that you can look at yourself and be like, oh, I have this. So like, yeah. this is this is what will work. It would have to be like I'm in person with you, and it's a feeling I get. Yeah, it's a feeling, and I think that. And it, the feeling grows too. I think yeah, it's built. Yeah. I think it's just like how we were talking about with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like change just don't happen just like in one fell swoop. But it, it like it grows. I think it's built. Yeah. Okay. So someone says, but are you meeting that high bar for the other person as well? well Ooh, that's and, a good question. And I think I, I I love that question because I think that for me. I have actually been, and I think that, you know, Big Sean has a song called Single Again, right? And I think that this is something else that, like, men don't necessarily take the time to do. Like, mm-hmm. do you take the time to make sure that, like, you you have all these standards and qualities that, that you command of other women, right? Yeah. So it's like, every man wants, like, uh, well, nah, I won't say every man, but a lot of Shit, men want. damn near. Yeah, look. Uh, I don't even know what you're going to say, but damn near. Damn near. <laughs> but, like, I, so, for example, like, a lot of, a lot of men want a woman who's, like, in really great shape and who's beautiful. And so, like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Like, I'm exercising, I'm eating right, I'm yeah. taking care of myself, right? Okay. And so, but I, but I do think that a lot of a lot of men don't necessarily, I think we're hypocrites in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. we want you to be really good and perfect in every way, but we're not. Yeah, because I'm a commodity. Right, right. And, and, and for me, I, I do personally try to balance it out, and I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I know that, that, I know that if I care about you, then when I'm with you, I can make you feel a certain type of way, and I go super, super hard when I care about you. And so a woman has to be able to do that for me too. And like sometimes people try really, really hard to do it, but it's it's just not who they are. And so for me, I think that I think that that makes it a a challenge. Okay, Um, so if you say there's one quality that 
you need from a person for it to be like, this is my person? What would that quality be? Like the number one priority. Like that is really, really good. That is really, really good. Um, like what is your highest priority? I think that you have. It's it's a conversational thing. Can you can you stimulate me on a very intellectual level? Mm. I think that's that's like the biggest thing. Because mm. I'm like I. What I realize is that like I'm I'm an iron sharpens iron type of person. Like I yeah. like to be pushed. Yeah. You know what same, I'm saying. Same. So it's like if you if we can't have conversations that make me think about myself and the world on a deeper level. Yeah. Then like it's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna. Yeah. So I, I think. I think that's. I think that's one thing. Thing for me. You know. I would say it's very similar for me. I think that like, it's the mind that really pushes me. It's the mind, but also the heart. Like, I, like I said, it's like the love for people, just in general, like yeah. the kindness of somebody. Because I think that that's the one quality. Like I've I've dated some very intellectual women. Like, some people that are in PhDs and law programs, other than, like, that's cool. Like, yeah, you taught me some things, but, like, how are you with people? Like, do you really care about people? Are you a good person? Because I've also been with people that are, like, they care about people, but they're not really a good person. Like, they don't really care about how they make people feel, other things like that. Like, I'm too sensitive internally to, like, be with somebody that doesn't really care, like, that doesn't have like the same. I don't. I guess I want to say morals in yeah. a way. Um, like, I, like I just. I'm thinking about one example. Like, okay, like my ex a few years ago. Um, my roommate said that she was cooking dinner. She was like, "Oh yeah, I really want to cook dinner for y'all. I've been looking at this recipe. I want to make this." And we were out, and we were like, we went to the store, and we was coming back, and then she was just like, "Oh, I want to go to Popeyes." All right. And I was like, "Oh, but she said she was finna cook." Like, and she was like, "Oh, I don't really." care like this is what I want and I was just like but she was like super excited to make food right. and she was like so you really not gonna go like she was like we can just hide it in the bag and I was like but that's fucked up cause you finna sit we all finna sit there and eat and you just finna act like you're not hungry cause you upstairs you upstairs you ate the food like right. I feel like that I don't know to me I was just like bro I don't know if I could that's be with lot. you yeah that's a lot. That's I don't a know lot. if I can be with you Um, and there's just been other incidents where I'm just like no, like I don't know. I'm like I don't really care what other people are doing, but like the people with me, like you can steal or whatever, but you can't steal from people. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a, there's a difference between stealing from corporations and stealing from people. <laughs> this guy, and it's just like <laughs> you can't be trying to short other people, and like because I, I just know how it feels. I don't know. So yeah, I think that that's really more than like intellectual because I've gotten the intellectual, I've gotten the social justice, but it's just like how do you interact with people and how do you care about people? And yeah. And you know what, as, as you say that, especially that caring about people. Yeah. I, I like genuine souls. Like yeah. people, people who like just are like genuine, like really, really have a pure soul and spirit. Um, but I'm also very attracted to a woman who like loves herself, like fully. Like I've, like yeah. I've met some beautiful, awesome women, but like their confidence has been lacking. Yeah. And it's like someone who's that. super comfortable in their skin is so attractive. Yeah. Like I'm not worried about X, Y, and Z. Like I'm good. Life is great. Life is beautiful. And it's like when I see that in one, I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, I get that. But I think for black women, like that's a very special thing because I think there's so many points in the world, so many things in the world have told her not to be confident in those things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
if you build that confidence, it's like just knowing that it's there. You have right, to know right. that it's there. Because I don't think anyone can give you anything unless that is there. Right, right, right. I think, so I think that's kind of what you're getting at. Is like when you know yourself, then it's very attractive because it's like, I don't know, there's a there's an assurance there. Because yeah. it's like when you don't have that, I can't give you anything to make you feel like things are secure. You right. have to be, you got to be right right here right. before I can. And I, I've experienced that too. It's just like, I've been trying to like, no matter what I give you, like there's still like, there's still something missing. And I, me as a given ass nigga, I'm trying to fill the hole, trying to fill the hole. But like, I can't, I, I've learned that I can't feel those things. Right. Um, there's things that like people have to give themselves, and it's just like that self love. Self love is the best love. Shout out to Ari Lennox and Boz. Right, like, right, exactly. <laughs> Dreamville, like, because that's what they've told me. Um, but that's what I've learned myself. It's just like there's things that I know that I've given myself that I know that other people can't give me. A partner is just that. It's like they are there to complement your life and to to grow with you. But they can't grow for you. They can't grow for you. They can't grow for you. And, and you know, I, what I, something I wanted to ask you because, like, we we've talked about like our situations, right? Like mm-hmm. you you sort of having a partner, right? Mm-hmm. And and me me sort of like just being not out here in the streets per se, but like <laughs> still exploring options yeah, and yeah. you know living my life. And I want to talk about let's let's think about men in general because I think that especially as as we talk about black women, all the conversations I've had with with black women, it's been like you know. Guys will try to get their interests, communicate, and th- like get their interest and then barely communicate. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys are sort of they understand the high supply, low to low demand thing or uh, high demand, low supply thing, and exploit it. They exploit it. So like getting getting back to what we were talking about earlier, what would make a man want to sort of choose, uh, like choose to set? Let's let's not even say wifing. But like settling down in the first place, right? Because for me, I want to settle down. So yeah. it's like, like I'm like I date people, but it's not. Yeah. I don't want to be out here dating just to date. Like I, I, I would prefer to settle down because I have other things. I don't want to be distracted by chasing everybody. But like, for the guys who want to chase everybody, for mm-hmm. the guys who are just like, I'm, I am in high demand and low supply, and I can't exploit the system, and so I should uh, exploit the system. How do you get? How do you get to the point as a man where you where you just say like, nah, I think I want to do it differently? What do you feel like has to happen in the average man's life for that to happen? Bro, I ain't gonna lie, it's a personal journey. It's a personal journey. I think that everybody has to get there themselves. Yeah. Um, because I still have friends that be out in the streets. I got like I know plenty of people that's just like they I think every the, the, this is my thing. So what's that movie? Hancock? Yeah. Hancock. I love Hancock because it just talks about, like, how a partner makes you, like, human and it makes you mortal and it makes you, like, you can grow old and, like, die, die mm-hmm. together because otherwise they're superheroes. All right. But then when they meet somebody of their race, and what I think about is just somebody that's, like, rare because, like, that's what Hancock, it was, like, for Hancock, it's just, like, he never saw somebody else that was like him that he... It was that white woman, of course. Um, But it was just like they were one of the, they were cut from the same cloth. When you find that person, then you can grow old and die together. I thought that shit was hella cute. But what that teaches me is that like there's genuine love, but that genuine love makes you vulnerable. Right, right. Most men don't want to be vulnerable like that. Like I think you have to get to that level. And I think that there's, for me, there's been so many men that have like, at least like for my friends, like I've known so many dudes that's like, gotten their heart broken. Yeah, yeah. That's really gotten their heart broken and they don't ever want to feel that again. So then it's just like, they would rather hoe, they would rather be out in the streets, they would rather do whatever they do because they don't want to feel that again. 
I think what some other men is just like, it's fun. It's fun now. So like, I, I have at some point I have the option to settle down. Right. So I'll just take the option when I want to. But right now I'm living this life. I think for me, like, I've lived that life, and I, the, the, I. So this is kind of what I'm getting at. That that life is just it's not sustainable. I know. No, 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 I take that back. It's sustainable, but it will never bring you happiness. I think there's always something that is unfulfilling about it because it's like, yeah, I went on this date. She was cool. She didn't have that. But I don't know. You never know what that is. But then you kind of know what that is, if that makes sense. Right. And it's just because you felt that before. So it's like you're always kind of looking for that. But I think they're like, I don't know. It takes a special someone, but it also takes the mindset of willing to, like, explore that with somebody. And knowing that it could not work out. I think that that's the most important thing is that knowing that it could not work out. I think for me, it's like, mine is very new, right? But I think that, like, there's a very special quality about it. And because I've been in relationships before, I can kind of notice that. Right, right, right. It's like, okay, well, this is much different than, like, these other situations that I've kind of been in. So, like, this is something that's also teaching me things. I'm learning and I'm growing. And I can see this being a long-term thing. Right. So I think that, that it takes that quality, too. Um, but I think you said something a little earlier talking about how, like, men see it as comfortable. Like, oh, this is comfortable and, like, it's sustainable and like, it, like it, it makes my life better. All right. But it's like, are y'all compatible? Is really the thing, and that's what the Hancock thing teaches me. Is like, you have to be very compatible with somebody for it to be long term. And I think that there's been people I've been with that I'm not necessarily compatible with, but I thought I was compatible because of social justice or because of intellectualism and different things like that. But when it turns out that we don't have a lot in common or we don't even have the same values, I think that that's also what it's been like. They value other things than, like, the things that I do. Well, and, and you know what? When you think about that, that I, it also made me think about, like, because everyone's been talking about the Offset Cardi situation, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you got Offset, and it's like, obviously, for those of you who don't know, Cardi B filed for divorce, and the, and the reason, is, you know, is allegedly infidelity on Offset's part. And it's funny that when you... you, you when you talk about compatibility, because I think that I look at Offset, and he's like, he's like, he's, I think he's like my age. I think he's like 27 now. Yeah, and damn, it's, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's just like to yeah, think to, to to think about this young man, and and this is my advice to rappers or athletes or anyone who's in something that like really takes you, like really has you on the road a lot or like away away from the people you care about a lot. Mm -hmm. I just never understood why like rappers or athletes or these other people like get into these relationships because it's just like, because we talk about a timing thing, right? Yeah. Like Offset was actually pretty young when he like got married and it's like- Yeah, it just got popping. Right. Migos, I had been listening to Migos when I was in high school, but they weren't like- Big, big. And right. then they kind of blew up, like, what was that, 2016, 2017? I think that's when they got married. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, in terms of timing, you know, and you think about, like, marriage marriage and being ready for, for marriage, you think about maybe having enough money to do things and, and stuff like that and be, like, financially secure. Mm -hmm. And, like, he, which he was, but it was also like, bro, you're young. young. You were young. And, you yeah. had, and the lifestyle that you live lends itself to sort of being out here in the streets, yeah. having your fun and all of that stuff. And yeah, so I just, on the road. right, right. And it's the same thing with a lot of these athletes. And I'm like, I don't necessarily understand how you could ever feel like you're ready when all you're going to have is temptation. Mm. And, and, and that's outside of the fact that your professional life just has you away from your partner yeah. all the time. And so for me, it's like, 
yeah, like Offset is very wrong for his infidelity, but it's like, as a man, I don't know if he ever took that step back and said, yo, I'm young, I'm not really ready to be in a relationship with one woman that I'm probably going to be away from yeah. most of the time. And like, you know, I, I don't think brothers do that, do that homework. Enough, yeah. To step back, you know? Because I think you can love somebody, but you can know you don't need to be with them. Yeah. I think that that's really, that's a, that's a big thing. And I think that that's why it makes monogamy a hard like conversation because it doesn't make sense how you can love somebody but not like I, I don't need to be with you. I think that that's that's but then that's where oh, like open relationships and different things kind of come into play because I think that maybe if that was their setup then maybe it could work. Right. Um, because I, I had a professor that was with a um a prominent rapper like back in the day. Um, who still does tours and different things like of like throwbacks and stuff like that. And she pretty much said that like their relationship was like cool. Like they were best friends. Like they had a great relationship. She knew when they like, she would go on the road with them sometimes, but like sometimes when she wasn't there, she like, she knows that things can happen. But they had a very transparent relationship. Right, right. And like that was okay. And she said the only time the relationship really broke down is when he stopped being transparent. But it was clear that he stopped being transparent because he felt bad about it. And right. didn't want to tell her about these things. Ooh. So then it's like, that's why I think that it gets hard. Because it's like, you love this person so much, you don't want to hurt them. Right. But without like telling them this information, that you're hurting them. So it's just like, should you really be doing this? No. Yeah, And, and it's, it has to be a... It, and that means that something is eating at your personal conscience. Absolutely. Because some, uh, I think... I, I love what you said about it just being a personal journey. Because some people can like have, have sex with 20 people, not be transparent, not feel bad about yeah. it. Or have sex with like a thousand people and then tell you about each one and yeah. not feel bad about it at all. Yeah. Because like, I'm being transparent and I don't... Yeah. You know? So it, I, I think it's hard to draw that line of like care but like I, I would urge urge brothers to you know do more work on the on the back end and, and, and not only know what you want to do but know the reasons why you want to do it I so, think that's important so like if you want to be out here in, in the streets and not settle down that's great that's awesome but know why mm -hmm. understand why right and then if you want to be in a relationship that's great but like why because I think that like Sometimes we, we, yes. we put being a in a relationship on a pedestal, mm -hmm. but like, what if Offset was like, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed yeah. to be in a relationship. It's just like, not if you're not ready or not yeah. if your life doesn't lend itself to that. Exactly. If you can't give yourself to that person in whatever terms that y'all kind of come to, right? then it's like, then no, it's not the time. Yeah, I think, bro, that was a great point. It's like, yeah, if you are getting into a relationship, you got to know why. Right. You got to know why, like, it works for you and that person, why you really love that person or why you really want to be with that person, like what that person makes you feel. Like you have to ask yourself those questions. And if you don't, then it's like things don't really last. Like, because right. you can be infatuated with somebody and not like turn out well. Exactly. But it's like going back to what we were saying, it's like when you're real comfortable, when you like, when things just feel right and you like explore why they feel right and you know what makes it work, and that's when you know it can work. Right, right. exactly, so. exactly. So look, for everyone out there who's trying to figure, figure that type of stuff out, and especially the fellas, because, you know, a lot of, we, we are in a very particular situation. We know how it be. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like, think, think about that, and think about that not only for the relationship, for like when you want to settle down and get mm -hmm. in a relationship, but also, you know, there's another step when you want to actually marry somebody and stuff like that, too. Yeah. So understanding your why is so important, right? Yeah, what's your why? Yeah, yeah, so that... That was that was really good, uh, you know. Um, I, I think that you know, as time time goes along, 
we'll continue to have conversations and we'll see if I've I've changed <laughs> I've changed any any in any way. Um, but, but yeah, with with that being said, uh, I think I think we're about ready for our spotlight. What do you think, yeah, brother? Yeah, I agree. All right, so um, this week and and for those of you who don't know, the spotlight is when we shine a light and illuminate and give credit to someone who's doing something great in the community, right? Mm-hmm. It sort of balances out our light roast at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so this week, um, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors launched Stay House LA, right? Okay. Um, it's a countrywide um, initiative to provide legal assistance and support for tenants facing eviction um, during the pandemic. And so, uh, Tisha, I think it goes back to your point of like, um, let's maybe not have a fund for what happens if we have to pay off some a family that of someone we kill. Maybe we put more money into things and programs like these, right? Absolutely. Um, so we can sort of avert that in the first place, prevention and, and absolutely. That's how you prevent crime. That's how you prevent other like traumas. Right. Is if people have money to make decisions that work for them. Right. I think that like. We see the things happen because we talked about it. People don't have stuff to lose. So then it's just like, well, I don't got nothing to lose. And fuck it. Right. But it's like, also, like, I'm robbing you because I don't got nothing. Or I might have a little something, something, but I need a little bit more. Right. So it's like, I think that that, that million, few million, it got to be. Like, I'm going to look up the budget so I'll let y'all know. But I think it got to be at least 50 million that's allocated for settlements. Because I think if you don't have that cushion to, then you're less likely going to be somebody ass because that money, where that money going to come from? Right. Layoffs. Right. Because we got to make up that money somehow. Somehow. But if we built that in, like, f- for beating ass, like, the, the beating ass, like, save my ass. Like, right. <laughs> then it, I'm more likely to do it. But if we know no. that the money, we take that money and put it to our housing, having tenants, like, because things come up. Like, what if, like, I get got hit by a car and, like, I got to go to the hospital and I got to, I'm in the hospital for hella long. Go pay my rent. Who who working? Not me. Not me. Yeah. So I think that yeah, I think that putting money more toward the people is really how we should do it. Right. Right. So so shout out to L.A. Yes. 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 Shout, shout out. Shout out to the uh, L.A. County Board of Supervisors for for that program. Um, but yeah, look, today has been good, man. We've really gotten into it, man. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Like the different systems at play, right? You know, mm-hmm. love. Love and, and relationships and, like, what that looks like and the figuring out the whys, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we, we want to say thank you all so much for listening. Um, definitely engage with us. Um, be sure to go to our Instagram page. We are at Brewin Black Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, engage with us. Send, send us messages because we want to we wanna hear from you all, too, on what you think about some of these issues. And absolutely. we want to illuminate your opinions as well. Absolutely. We want to hear the topics y'all want to hear, too. Um, that helps us construct the show. Like, if y'all like what we're talking about, we'll do more of that. Yes. Um, but, yeah, follow us on uh, Twitter as well. It's hey. Black Podcast. We on Spotify. We on Apple Podcasts. We on Google Podcasts. We on uh, Anchor. Hey. All that all that jam. Yeah, you know yeah. We, and we, and we, got, we got some more social media platforms that are coming soon. We, we mm-hmm. got some stuff cooking in the pot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whip, whip it in the whip pot. Whip it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, we appreciate y'all tapping in with us. Uh, we had a great discussion. Uh, yeah, again, about those systems, how systems play a real role and how it constructs the decisions that we're making each and every day. Um, but then we had a great discussion about, like, love and marriage and, like, choosing the right partner and, like, what kind of, like, informs that. And we want to know what informs you because um, that's how we learn, too. Um, but yeah, bro, it's been a good show. It's been a good show. Yeah, yeah, heavy, bro. We I can't heavy. wait to the next one. Um, but as we always say, keep 
the coffee black. black. And we like our women like we like our coffee black. black. <laughs> it's been real. It's been live. I appreciate y'all rocking with us. I can't see. I can't wait to see y'all soon. Peace. All right, y'all.